0: Blob Talk Radio.
1: When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth.
0: You're a zombie. You're a zombie monster. Oh, no. For You're a zombie monster.
2: Special edition of Alternative Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, Zombie Matt. Uh, But for tonight, I shall be called Doggy because we are going back to 1997, back in the day in that fucking garage in Hayward, California, where exactly 22 years to the day, actually, you know, getting close to the time, actually, shit went down. Vicious Big Grimes took on Leprechaun Aaron O'Grady in a false can anywhere in the uh, city of Hayward, Matt. Uh, Still the craziest. Indie match that I've seen live, and I've been to quite a few indie shows up and down uh, the coast, of California and other states. But it's uh, I've seen quite a bit of insanity. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, it's pretty simple. The plugs are, are this uh, brownbutterwrestling.com. Uh, you can get you know uh, local independent performers as well as shows uh, shirts from our show, um, as well you know as well as different performers all around the country and Killjoy Designs at Joe Killjoy Designs on Facebook or at killjoy or at joe killjoy designs on facebook or at killjoy designs uh, on twitter um i'm sorry guys. it's just a really heavy emotional day i've been thinking about lep all day and it's also been one year since we lost Virgil flinn the third and uh also right before i came on the air i, I just uh some heavy personal news Um uh, it's very happy news just so you guys it just really you know just hit me in the heart and it's really really uh Oh boy, <laughs> I can't explain, you know exactly how I'm feeling, but you know we'll we'll leave that to social media. But yeah, like I said, we're here to honor, you know, one of one of the one of the best just performers in general. Whether it was in in WWF doing the 24/7 real 24/7 hardcore stuff, uh, or you know whether it was in in a APW rings, or I mean at a lucha show, or in a uh, Memphis Power Pro, he's him and Vic were the reasons I would get Power Pro wrestling on tape every couple of weeks. Um, now we're going to honor the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Mikey Lockwood, otherwise known as Aaron O'Grady, as I know him. He was the Leprechaun, or from Bay Area wrestling, Johnny Pearson, or Crash Holly, WWE, and then you know, of course, Mad Mikey uh, with his little uh, little cup of coffee in TNA, but. Yeah, we're just we're going to talk about him, you know, for the next hour and a half. I'm not going to announce any guests. We're just going to have people calling in and let's just go to the first caller uh caller. Who am I speaking with? Hello. This this must be Ron Hello? Head. Hey. It is Ron fucking Head. Welcome to the show, my brother.
1: Hey, hey, hey. I didn't realize it was uh Time flies. How long has it been? 22 years since this legendary match? 22 years
2: to the day, which is the reason why we're doing it on this date. We're we're all going to just show love to, you know, to to Lep, as, you know, those of us way back in the day um, recall. Uh, You were there. You announced. You were the ring announcer for that crazy match. Um, I
1: mean, you go back with Vick and Lep and... Let's talk about I was it. was there that day, and uh, I, re- I remember uh, earlier in the day, uh, Lepp took uh, Peter Hines, who uh, video recorded it, took them all around uh, the area to show them just what they're going to be demolishing, real estate mm-hmm. signs. Uh, and they said, we're going to get this, we're going to get that. And, uh, of course, Vic wanted to take it further. Vic wanted to, you know, dive off the roof and, Set himself on fire, and Roland Alexander vetoed that, but they were so serious about it, and up until about a few minutes before the actual main event, you could see in the back, Vic was in Roland's office, and there was a sliding uh, window, and he was staring down Leprechaun, who had a bottle of whiskey, and they were just staring each other down like it's about to go down, brother, and sure as shit it rocked everyone's world. Now th-
2: there's there's uh you know there's a bunch of myths and stuff about the match. Um but I mean you you and I both know, you know, the the real deal that that our mutual friend J.R. Benson sent the tape to of that match to Cornette and to the WWE and he got them their tryout in Davis in ninety eight. That that's legit Here's that's a-, a real story.
1: Oh and well I'll I'll even one up you on the story. Jared Benson used his uh, VHS editing skills. He took a Battle Royal where um, they had at the gym there a month or maybe even less, where uh, Leprechaun and Vic Grimes were also brawling around, edited that in to make it look like it was even more insane for uh, Jim Cornette to see and uh, Vince McMahon and everybody. He uh, He put in actually two matches, so the match was even that much more impressive. And uh, sure enough, did get them the job. And on top of that, going forward a month or so after the uh, Grimes brothers, Vic and Dick Grimes, had a match with Leprechaun and someone else, I forgot who now, where they drove the car inside the gym. It wasn't Leprechaun. It wasn't
2: Leprechaun. It was the West Side Players. It
1: was Christmas Chaos. No, no, no. It was, it was, uh, it was Leprechaun and somebody, because it was left's car that they drove in Oh no, it was his car. Um, hmm. and yeah, anyhow, they sent that in and uh 2 weeks later Stone Cold Steve Austin comes driving his truck out on the DX pay-per-view.
2: Well, you know. Comple-
1: <laughs> completely um, uh got the idea from them. So, were you
2: at the were you at the trial match in Davis? I was not. I think
1: that was in January 20th, 98.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. No, I was not at that one. But anytime those two had a match at an APW house show or at the gym or in Memphis, they always, always just put it all out there and laid it all out there.
2: Okay. I just got a a message from Dr. Troste, Shane Dynasty, who is in the middle of doing a tattoo, and he appreciates you uh, making the – the hot tag there for him, Mr. Head. Um, ah. Shane was supposed to be the opening guest. I, I said I didn't schedule anybody, but I scheduled three people for each half hour. That way I didn't have dead air and that I that I you know had
1: people, you know, calling in constantly. Um just to share well, geez, you know, I, I'm calling in and I'm giving you more dead air than you can imagine. Check this out.
0: How was that?
2: You're dead air <laughs> right there. Fucking horrible <laughs> So let how did you end up meeting um Lep
1: back in the day? He was um he was already uh, trained um and came back to APW in ninety six, I guess, ninety five, ninety six. And um Vic Grimes was just a student training and he was always on the ring crew and he helped with uh our uh, extremely strange wrestling shows as well and um, those two just hit it off like uh, peanut butter and jelly in the ring. Um, so, yeah, I knew um, I, I knew um, what was he called? Johnny Pearson. Pearson.
0: Yeah, I, Pearson. I think
1: that's where I first met him, Johnny Pearson. In um, he was working for uh, spot shows for Woody Farmer, Bay Area wrestling in the earlier '90s and he was always a standout. He was always uh just uh, above and beyond. Always uh making people mark out. Everything and, he uh, did he looked good. His, Every,
2: everything he amazing. did looked good and it looked solid. Whether it was with with the, you know, Vic who's a big dude or or Mike who's uh Mike Modis who's a little bit bigger. Yeah, everything looks sweet and and solid. And that's the
1: thing that the, the thing. really I remember. That's the thing with people who only saw him as uh, Crash Holly, where he was doing the 24-7, the original 24-7 gimmick. They only saw a smidge of what he was capable of. He was really compared to another coming of the Dynamite Kid. He was on that Chris Benoit kind of level back then, and he, uh, who knows uh, where that could have taken him if unforeseen things couldn't have uh, stopped him first, but he was amazing. Just a complete standout pedigree.
0: Just yeah, I mean,
2: we we we'd see him do one week. It would be an all Japan style match with Mike, and then it would be you know the the you know before that it was the three way with him, Donovan, and, and Chris Cole. Just a total, oh, yeah. you know, junior crazy spotty all over the place match. Then you know then he would have the broadwood where and, he you.
1: where he dove off. Where he dove off the balcony too. Sorry to catch you up. Yeah, that was good stuff. That was, and that f- stuff is all all on YouTube.
2: For those that have seen my postings on Twitter and Facebook, of pushing the show, I put up links for all of the sh- all the matches that you know that I feel should be watched, and just my own. You know, I mean, we have his his Memphis debut been all of the Kid them Wicked. though. We
1: well, all no, not though? all. We, not all. I'm saying this because I have a VHS take. Of uh you know Roland had his uh, videographers, which they almost never ever uh took advantage of, so those tapes disappeared. Peter Hines when he was there would record, but also Ron Head had a tripod up in uh up in the rafters and uh planned to upload a lot of the Jim Moore's madness from uh ninety six and ninety seven onto YouTube. My channel is Blade rope. On YouTube, and you'll be seeing some of the APW uh, madness coming up soon. And that's how I remember that uh, it was it was Vic and Dick Grimes against Leprechaun. Damn it, I don't remember who, but it, yeah, that was Leprechaun's car that they drove in there. And I remember this because I recently watched it on eight. So hopefully, yeah, that, I'll have that, that was up a... on YouTube.
2: That was an insane team too. Uh, Vic and Vinny were just a pair of nutcases that gave zero fucks, and you know they—that was just insane tag stuff. And your your poor friends, J.R. Benson, could not—you know—he just mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't win. But it is what it is when you're the bad guy.
1: That's right. I'm even thinking of the time that. Vic Grimes threw Chris Cole off the balcony on the Vinny who was a referee. I guess Lep wasn't involved in that. We're talking about Leprechaun. Yeah. There's plenty of leprechaun. Oh, there's there's plenty it. more.
2: Yeah. And you know, we didn't even we didn't even touch on, on any of the fun the fun stuff that they did for for wwf the, the whole hardcore run with the, the fun time USA and with the headbangers. I mean that's just classic pro wrestling. You know, it's comedy, it was middle of the card, it's not insulting anybody, and it's just fun. And that's kind of not what, you know, we're really getting nowadays. But, you know, I'm sorry, our truth and all, but
1: uh,
2: Left's going to be forever the 24-7 hardcore champion, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Amen. Preach, brother zombie.
2: (laughs) So Ron, what you, what have you been up to? You know, we we haven't heard from you in in quite a while. And yeah, I've you know, taken what, the tobacco
1: from the wrestling biz. Uh, I I was doing a uh, weekly gig at OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, up until a couple of years ago, and then I kind of stuck myself in a semi-retired state that might pop in from time to time on underground hardcore podcasts, but. I'm taking it easy right now, laying low. just got my YouTube channel, Blade Rope. You might be able to spot me on Instagram from time to time, the Ron Head. Facebook, I don't really get on a whole lot of. And occasionally I might pop into an indie event from uh, like a pro wrestling gorilla or something like that. But I mostly just don't do a whole lot and loving it.
2: I want to throw a shout out to Shooter Tony Jones, who's out there. Uh, taking care of business at a meeting at work, but he does have his earbuds in, and he is listening. So much love to you, Shooter. Oh thanks, for, thanks for tuning in. Um, oh, my
3: God! Shooter
0: Tony Jones! Yep,
2: yeah, the Shooter. The one and only. You know, doing his thing. And, you know, the guy's still in amazing shape. I see him at shows from time to time, and it's cool that he comes out, you know, supports... You know, he, he doesn't do official seminars, but he goes in the back, and he talks to talks to kids, and,
1: you know... Tony Jones um, is, is the man. In all seriousness, Tony Jones is just the shit. One of the most underrated, one of the most underrated guys that you know just deserved to make a big presence for himself. And circumstances are beyond his control. Man, he's wow. just damn good. So many, so many great hands in that APW locker room, especially now looking back. Like, wow. Yeah, What's
2: unbelievable on? talent, and you know some of them are still going and. You know, doing their thing, and you know, some some of the fans that were in the crowd are running companies. Can you believe that? Isn't that
1: That's something. Unfuckingbelievable. Uh, Jay Ramirez was in in the crowd. There was uh, Pro Wrestling Revolutions. Is it? That,
0: yep. that his
1: group. And. Um, sure. Yes, and of course, Mister Effing Brutal. That's it. Holding it on. down. Can you cuss on this show? I, I think I've already cussed a few times on the show, Mr. Fucking Brutal. <laughs> that's Marcus best. Mack. And he was what sixteen or something at the time?
2: Yeah, I was sixteen, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not going to say anything illegal activity about that night, but I'm just going to say he was there.
1: No, and any and anyhow, it's all medicine now over in California.
0: <laughs>
1: Whatever. <laughs> Could be doing worse, you know. And also, but, we yeah, have even. Uh, even even the fans, I'm, listening. I'm listening. I mean, just, the, just the fans, uh, just the people that you would like. Uh, uh, Bison Smith, I know, was in the audience who uh, went on to great fame in pro wrestling, Noah, in Japan and had an untimely demise as well. But he was really uh, motivated by being in the crowd there. At, um, and you could see Bison Smith in the audience there when uh, Vic and Leprechaun first fought into the crowd there. You could see Bison moving out of the way.
2: We also had Robert Butch Hoff, who runs Wrestling for Charity out here, as well as mm-hmm. uh, 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 John LaRocca, who first originally booked APW, then he went on to went on to start Evolve, or not Evolve, but uh, Premier, which is more of a, a sport type of, of group, and, and he had a good run with that. Then he hung that up, and now he's Max' assistant with APW. So, I mean, there's a Isn't bunch it? of
1: people that came out of there. And, uh... The- uh I could be wrong but I think Manny Fernandez Raging Bull Manny Fernandez was lurking upstairs as well watching from the rafters as well. Mm. And that's then, kind and of a dirty word here in California now. So Oh what? Uh Raging or Bull? <laughs> <laughs> Fanny Pack Fernandez. Manny Fernandez. No man You, you know what? I I have um I've worked with Manny, I've worked for Manny, uh, he's he's run some shows. That, wait a minute, is there something going on about Manny? I'm, I i don't really keep up. I don't, I let my it's
0: subscription just, it, to
1: the run out.
2: You know, running schools, taking money, getting booked, and not showing, it's just usual, you know, carny bullshit.
1: Ah, come on, yeah. Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer, put all that. Come on, dude, he wrote he the way for shit like that to happen. <laughs> I will. But I will only... tell you this: if if, if you go into uh, Kedobas, do not order the flying naked burrito. Just don't. <laughs> I don't want to know. I really don't. But know. um, okay. But back to. Liberton. So, so does okay. anyone uh, listen to this show of yours here? Because I think I've just driven anyone who may be listening uh, no, no, away. No, no, Apologies. Ron, <laughs>
2: I mean, there are people listening live, definitely. I've gotten a few messages that people are listening live. You, We don't get a lot of live listeners because people tend to run shows on Thursday nights. So there's not going to be many live listeners. Most of the boys that would be listening are at a show. Before so that is on, what it is tonight.
1: I'm, I'm I'm just kind of intrigued. You mentioned you got some kind of news before the show, and then and then you got all choked up, and I have no idea what that's about. Don't you think the listeners are curious what that's well, about? Uh, a,
2: a year ago to the day, Virgil Flynn III uh, passed away. He was a
1: uh, – That was today? Yes, today. That, wow. And, uh, okay. And I,
2: I didn't put two and two together when I booked this show. See, I wanted to be, you know be that fucking smart guy. Let's do it on the 18th of July. I wanted to be that guy, uh, right? And then I fucking figured uh-huh. it out. I'm like, no, great. Oh, boy. People are going to be in fucked up moods anyway, you know. So, but, you know, it, it just it, – we need to look back and, and, you know, just remember our friends. Indeed. You know, you know, Virgil was a very special giving man, and he still gives to this day even though he's he's no longer with us. Uh, his promotion just a year four your anniversary. So –
1: Yeah, life just went by too quickly. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, well, you know what, Ron? We're both getting old. So, I mean, if you use that that face app, we're all getting older and older. But
1: oh, I I thought I, I looked like I was a hundred years old when I, I I fired that thing up, and it turned out I didn't even use the app. That's just a regular picture of me. <laughs> oh boy! In no way! I'm using the actual app. Don't need to. I broke it. Yeah
2: shooter just asked if this will be available for download. It will. yep, it will be about nine o'clock, about half an hour after we go off the air. Uh blog talk is really good. They get my stuff up real fast, so um you know they, I get what I pay for. But let's don't let's
0: be bootleg um,
1: in there.
2: It <laughs> I don't care. Anybody can bootleg whatever. You you and I are I like both old this, school pirate heads, so it is what it is.
1: You know, if if not for uh, tape traders from, you know, the 80s and 90s. There, there would be no binge watching on the internet in the current state. There would be no
2: AEW. I would tell you that for damn sure.
1: Yeah, that's. That I, Tony Khan um, kid know, was an Tony... AOO
2: kid with all of us.
1: Oh, and, um he did heavy trading, heavy tape trading with Todd McKenzie in Chicago who inherited a huge chunk of my VHS videotape collections. So mm-hmm. you're welcome Tony Khan. There it is.
2: See that? It all ties together one way or the other. So let's let's set, aside, That's for sure. let's set aside Let's set aside and Lip, you know, in the false cut anywhere. Um what was your, your favorite Leprechaun match other than that that you got to see in that garage?
1: I think maybe not even a month later. I could be getting the timeline wrong. Um, because of, yeah, I think it was the next show, the month later, because Steve Rizzano did a run-in yep. at the end of Vic and Left, and then I think that led to a three-way dance mm-hmm. a month later, that was which the was the next also one, yeah. phenomenal. That's online as Which well, was, thanks to Mr. Peter
2: Hines. It was on YouTube. That is on, yeah, it's on, it's on Pete's page.
1: Yeah, that one That one was amazing too. And uh, on top of it all, um, outside of the garage in the three-way dance, Vic Grimes picked up a car, picked up the back of a, of an automobile, and tried to drop it on Steve Rizzano. That wasn't a gimmicked car. That was Vic's car. And – People thought for sure it was gimmick so that anyone could pick it up, and people were trying. Like two, three people were trying to pick it up, and they couldn't budge it. <laughs> they could mm-hmm. not even budge the car that Vic would just lift up like it was nothing. Insanity. That, it was at that time where it would. It was so surreal standing in the ring while, you know, Vic's music. Uh, he was playing the Halloween theme song, mm-hmm. and. You know, Leprechaun had the had the whatever the hell that music was, and hearing the fans Ice Cream just, Man, or
2: what, we we thought the Ice Cream Man was coming when,
1: when Vic was coming or when Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he even stashed uh, Lucky Charms in his car and and uh, used it on Vic, a box of Lucky Charms during uh, one of the matches. But yeah, that three way dance with uh, Vic and uh, Leprechaun and Steve Rosano was in in many ways. Uh, just as uh, amazing as uh, that Falls County Anywhere match from I think it was the month before. Um, but that's what the the thing about about um, Leprechaun's matches is that he had great matches with everyone. He had he had the he had a great three way with uh, Chris Cole and Donovan. I think you talked about just amazing. Yeah. And they went to they went to a thirty minute draw, and they were just supposed to leave it at the draw. And Roland Alexander came out and said, "I felt like five more minutes." They weren't planning to do the five more minutes, so Roland just kind of threw that in there. They were already uh, all blown up to shit, just so exhausted, and he had to do five more minutes after a thirty-minute draw. But that was amazing. Um, but even uh, like uh, Boom Boom Comedian, Leprechaun, they had they had a good match, or um, geez, you name it, Mike Modis. Wow, they had some amazing battles. Who and, you know, modest couldn't have a bad match with anyone if he tried. In ninety seven, no. One of the greatest. Ninety seven, no, not at all. Hands, no, no one.
2: Sorry, he was the cream of the crop in ninety seven and
1: you know, into ninety eight. Such a damn. He was such a damn good heel. He was so arrogant looking. I saw Mike Modest first at the Cauliflower Alley Club in the early nineties. And He was walking around with his mullet and his uh, disco collar on uh, all the way to his shoulders and strutting around. And I didn't know him. I thought, "What? Who's this asshole walking around?" And Buddy Rogers and Luther is a mad dog, Bashan and Terry Funk. And here's who's this guy, Mike Modest? And it turns out he was just working the gimmick. That man, Mike Stone, couldn't be the Mike Stone. Yeah.
2: Mike Stone yep. dropped on his head by Coco Beware.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Oh man, yeah. that his hair or was Perugin. Oh, hey, you know that was the best. That was the best TV job I've ever seen. I mean, it's even better than anything the Mokies could have done. It was just talk about getting someone the, over. And he did nothing yeah. with a guy, but you know, typical.
1: I haven't I haven't talked to Modest about it, but I remember Vic Grimes told the story because he was there at that. Um, it may have been the same show That they had, The Vic and Lepp had their tryout match Yeah, it was um, all in Davis Okay And uh, Modest didn't know that he was going to be working With Kerrigan, so uh, Vic was just ribbing him, saying Hey, you're going to be You're going to be wrestling Kerrigan You're going to need to put him over And he was just ribbing He was just kidding, but it turned out he wasn't Because that's what happened but if there's anyone that can make Oregon not look like a complete stiff, that was a great example, a miracle worker, Michael Modis. I see a lot of uh, um, Mike Modis in MJF now when I see him, because there's not mm. too many people that can be healed anymore. Mm-hmm. And well, um, I agree. MJF is—he's he, one of the last, the last heels out there. I don't know if it's cause actually, they actually be healed, and they don't want to be healed, but there's a the bad guy right there.
2: That's a villain. The real heel, Jr. is the guy making the noise in the background. That's got to oh, be Vinny Massaro. It has to be.
4: That's me. That is me. I am here. I'm sorry, but I'm actually in training right now. I'm having, I'm watching guys do a lockup and headlock, so that's why it's a lot of noise.
1: Awesome. Are you doing that awesome. on uh, on horseback there? I can hear I can hear you banging coconut shells together no it's
4: because it's I have two people they're going over locking up and then uh headlock all right not a bit all right let's go over, let's do hammer lock. let's see if that's a little less uh horse uh horse horse racing all right. for you guys shoulder tackle drop down let's go all right calm down a whistle? relax you spot monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Get a
2: rolling elbow for you
4: <laughs> yeah. All right. Here, let me step let me step out real quick. Hold on. Not, wait, did, I wanted to I wanted to come, say hi real quick. Wait, we're uh, quiet call, so you could talk. Alright, well I just wanted to uh I'm walking away from the class real quick. I just wanted to say hi and call in and uh
1: Hey, uh, who yo. is it? Who's, is who's, who is this is Vinnie Massaro? Hello,
4: what, is Vinnie? This is Vinny Massaro, hello everyone. Who's your underground zone? This is Vinny? Yes, hello, this is Vinnie Massaro, hello.
1: Get the fuck, wait, this is Vinnie, Vinnie Massaro? Yes, no, Mr. Head, it's Vinnie. A, no, A, A, <laughs> A, Vinnie Massaro, not D,
4: just
1: A. Someone just uploaded today on the Instagram the hottest, wife, uh ugliest husband on Howard Stern. You got Bless America, that. that's me. That, was, that, was, just,
4: a, that uh, was just that was the greatest the greatest contest to lose in the history of of contests.
1: Do you know what we're talking about, uh, zombie? <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Well, Howard and on, and on top of everything, on top of everything, Howard Stern told Vinny that not only was he not not only was he not uh, a contender because he's not ugly, he's so handsome that Howard Stern would even date him. I believe <laughs> this is awesome. All.
4: Which is I can't. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he I think he compared me at one point he compared me to uh um uh call uh, whatchamacallit? Uh Leonardo DiCaprio where I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is yeah, is yeah. the greatest moment of all time.
0: <laughs> well
4: how the hell how the hell did I go from that? From ugliest side contest to Leonardo DiCaprio. All
0: right. <laughs>
1: Mota. Has to be the gimmick. Just today on Instagram, someone uh, uploaded that.
4: Instagram Vinny, are you the on Instagram?
1: Thing. What's that? Are you on Instagram, Vinny?
4: Yes, I am. Uh, @Vinny <laughs> At Vinny Massaro. At Vinny, follow me. Follow me for nothing. For
1: follow me if, back. I
4: don't. I I, I, bear, I barely post anything, but please, by all means, go ahead and follow me. I'll, I'll be posting some pictures of the horse racing that you guys. Have uh, are uh, you know, so so described, so well described here. But uh, how are you doing, Ron? I miss you, buddy. I haven't seen you in forever. Hope you're doing good.
1: I miss you too. Wow, we we did some uh, we had some great road trips over the years. We would uh, many road trips. We would be uh, booked in um, Newark on a Friday night, and then need to be in LA Saturday for uh, XTW. And uh, we would take groups of cars down, like the XPW guys, like uh, Pogo the Clown and Vic Grimes and D.R. Benson and Steve Rosano. They would drive down, and Vinny said, ride with me.
0: I'll get you there faster.
1: And yeah, so while and everyone else, it took them, took them about five, six hours to get down. I swear to, I swear to God, Vinny got us there in under three hours. I don't think you yeah. went under 110 like the whole time there. No.
4: And plus, and plus, too, did you really want to be in a car with Rosano and Pogo?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Come on. I loved riding with those guys. I, I, you <laughs> know oh, what? God. Those were also. No, I loved oh, riding God. with uh, and Pogo and Rosano and the Cloud of Smoke that came out billowing yeah. from that car but I did like well, getting to the I, Aku Aku I
4: love I love I love the story but man Vic was just like Vic had to stop like every three seconds because he had to get some fucking some stupid like novelty or like
1: oh or yeah the Vic restroom. Grimes was a collector his Vic Grimes Homijos, and Jared whatever. was a collector, the homie, homies
4: homies whatever so I'm like dude, we just yeah. stopped like let's go
1: like, I'm like, every truck stop, the truck. they yeah. hey wait, I need to get homies from the vending machine and um and then plus he had to take a dump every every truck stop as well. So and then and and then you eat could ice take cream
4: and have an and have an ice cream or dessert
1: for some reason. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways.
4: <laughs>
1: so, all right, so Vinny left let's uh, Follow the Ron head back Vinny Massaro. All right, I w- I will I'll tag I'll tag you in this video of you and Howard Stern. Oh, God
4: bless.
1: And God bless you. God bless, Zombie.
2: Hey, uh, so Vinny, let's let's talk about your your time early early in APW with with uh, with Lev. Um How was it to be the third man in the ring with that guy?
4: Um, <clears throat> it was always really cool because uh, you know he was. Uh, you know, he was one of the guys that was always at the top. You know, one of the, uh, you know, quote unquote, you know, top five guys that was always in the main event. Um, but he was also very down to earth. Like he was, like he wouldn't mind training with me on the weekends or just doing, you know, watching tapes with me. And just so he, you know, he wasn't, you know, he, you know, he was cool that like that. He wasn't like, oh, I'm bigger than you guys. So obviously, you know, I, I can't even talk to you. So that part was really cool, but you know I learned a lot, and he always took took time to uh to show me something new or something cool. So I re- always appreciated him with that, and um, yeah, you know it was it was cool because he made me uh, he always wanted to uh, include me in any taking some kind of weird bump when I was a referee or something.
2: Mhm. The uh, well, go go. Uh, Ron mentioned it earlier when uh, when Vic threw Chris Cole onto you off from the balcony. Um that was yep. just an uh, an insane another insane moment from an insane summer um you know uh, yeah i've i've i I've, I've I've shoot the shit around from time to time, but I think there might actually be a documentary in it um that maybe just get some people from ninety seven to sit down on camera and just you know make a movie um it was well, a Peter magical Hines, time uh, Peter Hines I was thinking about so it. Much
1: footage.
4: I mean, fuck the, I mean, fuck the movie. I just want to see the footage. Jesus Christ. That's what I'm footage? saying.
1: <laughs> right. I, hey, I, I Hines, have no idea where the tapes guys, are, Vinny.
4: Like, I mean, there's so many, there's so many matches from the gym Wars days that I have never fucking seen, which is insane. So, you know what I mean? But it is what it is. A different times, you know, all VHS tapes and, you know, obviously, you know, you know, uh, R.I.P. Roland, but he wasn't always the nicest guy or, uh, or willing willing to give up money to anybody who was who was shooting. So, you know, why would you bother giving them copies
1: of tapes, right? Mm, good point. Well, maybe maybe some people like Peter Hines or Ron Head still may have some lingering VHS memories. I would love
4: I I I would love some, to talk to Peter Hines and or Ron Head about some of these VHS tapes that yeah. are lingering around. But then I'm, I'm I'm afraid I might get some some pee drinking video instead. <laughs>
1: No oh, no 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 no. Right? Here
4: you go, here you go. Here's Masara. I'm like, what the hell is
0: necrophiliac?
4: What the hell is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: you, you, you hear that? You hear that laugh? You hear that laughter Ron Head just had? It was it was a laughter, but it was a, a nervous laughter because he knows I'm right.
0: <laughs> hey,
2: Vinny. Sh- uh, shooter's listening is. to the live stream and he just said hi. So.
4: Ah, oh, say say hello.
2: You just did. You just did, wait, my brother.
4: Wait, who's, who's listening? Shooter. Oh, Tony Jones? Yes, sir. Oh, well. Hey, what's up, Tony Jones? How you doing? I miss you too, there's buddy. There's only one shooter. Yeah, there's well, only one. Is, right, Ramon Garcia. Everyone knows that. Oh. That's, a, that's an inside joke for it for anyone that doesn't know. But anyways, go ahead. Let's let's move on. So what
2: what did you think of that the match that, that Lip and Vic had that went all over the all over the streets of Hayward, Vinny? Uh,
4: it was awesome. You know I loved it because back then it was funny because me and Vic basically lived with each other, like uh you know with uh you know we were living together at a gym. Um you know he, you know he if he wasn't uh, if he wasn't staying at the gym, he would come pick me up in the morning. We would spend like all day and watching tapes. And literally, we would, like, be driving to whatever we were, you know, wherever we decided to go, and he would be telling me, hey, man, I'm thinking about this, doing this match where it's across kind of anywhere. I want to do the, I want to do the psychosis bump on the, on the tree. I want, to do, I want to get a car. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm you know. And to literally see it all happen in, in front of my eyes was, was very weird, and it, and it actually made me think, you know what? Fuck it. Whatever I can think of. I can fucking do in the ring, and that's why, you know, a lot of the moves that I'm like, you know what, there's no way I can do it. I'm like, watch me. I'll be able to do it. But there you the, go, uh, aspiring pro wrestlers,
2: that especially trying. in the gym that, that Vinny's work, uh, training at. You can do whatever you put your mind and your heart to. There's no limit, and don't let anybody ever tell yeah. you you can't do it.
4: Yeah, and be, and be a little crazy, too, like Vic.
2: No, oh, yeah,
1: okay. Vic's on, on a different planet.
2: Vinny, do you and,
1: Vinny, do you remember who was in the match where they drove the car to the ring? It was you and uh,
4: Vic it was and Nick Grimes and Vic against
1: Lepp and, and Cole, Cole, Chris Cole. It was Chris Cole, okay.
4: Yeah, it was Chris Cole because I remember. Uh, yeah, because it was. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, it was definitely Chris Cole. Uh, it was the um, the third match. It was like my third match. Um, uh, my yeah, it was my my third match. In uh, as a pro wrestler, I was like seventeen years old. I remember we drove it up. Uh, I was going to do the the jump over, and then uh, Leprechaun come came off the top rope. But yeah, I remember. I remember very, very vividly. It was uh, Chris Cole. Mhm.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. I remember, they, very,
4: see, I, I
2: remember I remember. I remember i I get confused because didn't day. you guys use the car with at the Christmas Chaos match against
1: the Players too? No. Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it was uh it was uh David Taub or someone. Yeah,
2: yeah, when they killed uh, fuzzy uh, huggy bear.
1: Oh Jesus. David Taub. Yeah, they, they oh, wanted, man. Uh, <laughs> they wanted to drag him from the car. They wanted to like hog time and yeah, but, drag him from yeah, the car. Yeah, but top. you're talking
4: about you're talking about when you when you put the car ne- right next to the like you when we drove the car up to the ring. That was I
1: guess with Chris right. Cole, yeah. Yeah, that was, a, and then a few weeks later they copied it on the WWF DX pay per view and Stone Cold drove his up to me with his match exactly. the Rock. But they,
4: but, they, but, they, but they weren't watching. Remember that? <laughs> and then that's when, yeah. that's when, that's when, that's when somebody, not naming named, was sending tapes to Jim Cornette.
0: <laughs> what oh, <me>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not we already of
1: we already outed Jared Benson long before, so don't worry. It wasn't oh, yeah, me. Sure.
2: I was just talking to you guys up on on Observer Radio all the time whenever I could. But that's yeah. different.
4: Trust me, I, I, I've seen I've seen the the Jim Cornette tapes. Don't worry, I got I got dirt <laughs> on him if he ever comes at me.
2: No comment. I don't want to talk about bananas on the show. Um, all
4: right, so I, I got a
2: message from Shooter here. It says the there was a match, uh, Modest and Shooter against uh, Vic and Lep, where they um, almost burned down the gym. Do you guys remember that
4: match? I remember that. Yes, I, I sure do. Uh, what happened was Vic wanted to do a flaming table, uh, and Vic, you know, we're like, I'm like, no, use lighter fluid. He goes, no, 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 use gasoline. And of course, Vic, you know, uses gasoline. But <laughs> it was indoors, and the thing lit up all the way to like the, and then Mike, uh, Modest, like, literally kicked the table over because it was gonna burn the whole gym down. And Vic was upset. God, God, God's honest truth. <laughs> shooter Nick
2: just rant. said, "Shooter just said you would be the one to remember." So, <laughs> Nicole, I,
4: I remember everything. There's, li- there's, I, there's very little I don't remember about that whole everything at gym wore, So. Uh, so, yeah. Who
1: thought of uh, Who thought of using the live crickets in the Halloween Hell match where uh, Vic uh, and Dick was, Grimes just killed Jr. Yeah, that had to have been Vic. Uh,
4: that was That was Vic. That was Vic because he uh, I forgot he went fishing or something, and they got and his uncle like had crickets and he's like, man, I'm gonna buy a bunch of crickets and just throw them in Jr. I was like, sure, why not? Why not? As long as it's not me. I give a shit.
1: Yeah, he even said that he tried them out before he bought them to see if they'd fit okay. Like he dumped a bunch of them on top of himself just to see if it would look yeah, good. No, yeah, yeah, fit good. Yeah, it's no big deal. And then the and then the garage never got rid of the crickets either. Didn't used to have crickets uh, crickets before that. <laughs> oh yeah,
4: but you know, it's it's you know what it, it is what it is. We appreciate it. One
1: time I left. Uh, um, one time I left uh, Vic a uh, Thanksgiving turkey to use for that. Um, Halloween, or not Halloween, that holiday show that came of, I don't remember, before Christmas or something, and he uh, left it in the Vic Grimes toy box, and then forgot it there, and never got it out <laughs> until ants came. so <laughs> oh, gross. They never used a frozen turkey, but there was one in there. I remember that. Uh, I, I actually
2: have a—I have another question from Shooter for, for Vinny. Uh, he wants to know about your first match in the briefcase.
4: Oh well, yeah. This is this is the uh, the greatest story because it was my very first match. I was nervous as hell, uh, 17 years old, and of course I, uh, you know, I gotta I gotta get toys from the toy box. So I get a briefcase and I lunge it at Tony Jones because I'm an idiot, uh, you know. And I and I hit his face, you know, literally like bust his nose open. I'm like I'm scared to death. And the very next the very next match he gave me he gave me some nice receipts. So. Uh, but, you know, after that, I was never, uh, I was never stiff on my, my buddy, Tony Jones. And, you know, I deserved it. I was, I was a dumb kid. I didn't know any better. I told, you know, it wasn't anything like it wasn't anything I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. So, yeah, let's, listen, guys, that...
2: uh, are you ready to hey, roll the uh,
4: Yeah, I got to they're all weird. They're all staring at me, but, uh. Uh, I just want to say thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing this podcast. And uh, you know, uh, you know, Leprechaun slash Crash Holly slash Mike Lockwood was always one of the one was one of the good ones at the gym. He always it was always nice to me. And um, you know, it's unfortunate that you know you know how everything transpired at the end. But um, you know, I always like to uh, think of him in his best moments when he was just hanging out watching wrestling and. You know, we will be up in the up on top, watching some Japanese Michinoku Pro tapes, and then we will pause it, go downstairs, and try it out at the gym. Uh, you know, I'll I'll remember him at that moment. But uh, I appreciate you guys doing this, and uh, hopefully, some other time when I'm not so busy, we can uh, we can do it again.
2: Oh, Vinny, it's my pleasure having you on, and and I didn't get a chance to, to congratulate you. You know. Voice to voice about your, your arena Mexico stuff and your and your trips to Japan. I know those those were two oh, very special you. things to you. Congratulations, brother. And just uh, one one quick question: How about the King of Indy show?
4: Oh, it was awesome. I, I wasn't there. I didn't hear about it, but uh, um, but I heard it was great.
2: Yeah, it's good stuff. But thanks, Vinny, for coming on and and thank you for training the Vinny. next crop. All right, man. Vinny.
4: All right, talk to, I'll take. I'll miss. Vinny, lot, miss hey. you, brother. Love you. Thank you, too. All right, I love you,
2: too, buddy. All right. That was the innovator, Vinny Massaro. He may have started out as a, as a dick, but you know what, though? We all love Vinny. And, uh, you know, Vinny was a ref, you know, doing his thing while training. And, you know, I mean, he was just a kid, 17. You know, his, I guess his parents signed a waiver and all that. So uh, that's
1: kind of cool. Um, So yeah, there was a, he, that was a lot more loosey-goosey back then. Oh, well, on back as they say. Yes, I, I
2: agree. Nobody wants everybody everybody doesn't want to sue each other and and all that.
1: I remember um, um we would have to we would have to sneak them um like Kim and Donovan Morgan when uh they had uh incredibly strange wrestling shows. Um they were in 21 and older bars, so they we had to sneak them in the back way and they put on lucha libre hoods and they would be in these bars and they're like 17. Isn't that big a deal? I They didn't drink that much. Yeah. No, whatever. Didn't matter.
2: It's all good. You yeah, know, we now were now all look having a good time.
1: Are. Yes. Now look where yes, they yes.
2: are. Bye, Crump. <laughs> That's tremendous. I'm trying to get Jared to call in. He's on Messenger. I'm like hitting him up. I'm on. Feel free to call in.
1: Come on, Jared.
2: Ron Head is on the air. Wow, very
1: professional. Oh. Very well, he's professional. never going to come
2: on that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I dug you up. We haven't heard from you in years, and you come out, you stick your head out. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's tremendous. Six, I, I did send a, I did send a feeler out to, to Sin, but I guess she's busy taking care of family business, which is cool. You know, I, I don't expect her to come on some jobber's podcast, you know. But that was that was actually an interesting twist to the whole car shot where where uh, Jr was driving and she was in the passenger seat. That was that was a nice little uh, you know Easter egg there. Uh, whose idea was to have Jr in the car and her as well?
1: You know, I don't remember whose idea it was. They were always just uh, everyone would brainstorm, and you didn't even need to be. Involved in the match to have an idea for somebody, so it could have even been something like Mike Motta. I don't know. I don't remember who thought of that, but it was really uh, a funny. It may have been, you know, I can. It could be any one of them. I could just imagine any of them coming up with the idea, like, hey, let's have, uh, let's have uh, Stacy giving a blowjob to Jr. and Crash um, Hollywood drag out KR and still run Big arms over. <laughs> and then and then and then Bickle get right up 30 seconds later to power bomb crash on the car that he just hit him with. I love it. <laughs> Good old dog and pony show.
2: And you know, that was just a uh, it was just the times and it was cool, man. It, it was completely different than what we we've seen out here. You know, we get a little taste of ECW and and some of the hardcore stuff from Japan, but that just was just insanity. And it, the thing is, the match still stands the test of time. I watched it again this morning, both versions, the the original alternate, you know, the original with the commentary, whatever, and then the uh, the alternate with uh, which is Peter Hines' uh, version. But it's still insane, and it still stands. If you're out there listening, you feel like watching it after the show. tinyurlcom lepgrimes.com. That will get you the one with the original commentary, and tinyurl.com backslash 71897Alt will get you the Peter Hines version. I figured I'd make it easy for people instead of some long, weirded-out uh, uh,
1: YouTube URL. So I right. figured, like you would make You wouldn't want to just, just say follow or subscribe to Blade Rope on YouTube.
2: Oh, hey, that works too. And subscribe to Peter Heinz or I think it's Heinz Brothers now or no, it's Peter Heinz.
1: I think Peter it's Hines, Hines Brothers on Facebook. So there so we go. Well,
0: I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna head out here. I had a great time though. <clears throat> I see what you did there, great, Mr. Head.
2: You know, I'll tell mm-hmm. you the garage wouldn't have been you you were one of the ingredients in that in that big pot. That was all put together, and you were one ingredient. And I do appreciate all the work that you've that you've done for APW, XPW, pro wrestling in general. Um, you know, incredibly strange. Everything that you've done, I appreciate what you do and what you have done, and I must thank you from the bottom of my cold black heart.
1: Wow. You know, the last time I was this touched, it was self-inflicted. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Ron. Have a great night and uh, love y'all, all y'all.
2: Thanks, brother. <laughs> that was the brother. Oh, Ron Ed calling in from uh, Louisville, Kentucky. I appreciate him taking the time out of his busy day to call in. Um, we're gonna have a, it's gonna be a little quiet until we get a, our next guest. So let's play a commercial.
0: It's the brown budsy, the lovesy dovesy, one and only brown butter. Matt the Man-Man, sliding me 20 seconds here to let you know all the sorcery that Brown Butter Wrestling is conjuring up. And it simply cannot be done because everything doesn't fit into 20 seconds and you already know that Brown Butter makes everything better. We make merch for pro wrestlers and promoters who care about the quality of the goods they're selling their fans for the love of the sport of stories that is pro wrestling. We sell that merch and more on brownbutterwrestling.com. Coming Later this month, to your screens, we're producing Shows Over with AJ Kirsch, a weekly pro-wrestling comedy news show with videos submitted by you, the fans. That might be enough for some, but this is Brown Butter, and it gets even better, cupcakes, so stay tuned. So says the Brown Budsy, so says Brown Butter.
2: (laughs) I love it. Every time, every time I hear the silky voice of Corey Brown of Brown Butter Wrestling, it uh, it just it melts my black cold heart. The uh, it's just an amazing amazing man. Um he knows his shit. That's all I'm saying and keep your eyes and ears and, and feet to, out. Just listen for uh, Fight Forever. When Fight Forever drops, you guys are going to be fucking amazed what my boy Corey is putting together uh with the backers that he has and the 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 uh the uh tech people that he has and uh also the people that he has. That will be uh, advising him. Um, keep your eyes peeled for 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 fight forever. Uh, it's going to uh, change the game, and that that it's an amazing thing. Um, let's see. I'll let's throw out some more of these these uh, YouTube links for people to check out. You know, some uh, excellent stuff from Aaron O'Grady in the past. Uh, we have from uh, the Davis trial from January twentieth, nineteen ninety eight. Aaron O'Grady against Vic Grimes with Europe. Special referee, Mr. Jesse Hernandez. Tinyurl.com backslash lep tryout. It's a hell of a match. They uh, they got a standing ovation, you know, and then they got signed literally when they went to the back. So they got their development deals and they got pretty much ready to go to Memphis. Uh, let's see, we have uh, we have lep's uh, power pro wrestling debut from Memphis in the world famous studio. I think is it was it. Channel 5 still But yeah It would be TinyURL.com Backslash PPW Lep Debut Uh, Let's see We also have We were talking Earlier about The um, The three way Dance with uh, Aaron O'Grady Donovan Morgan And Chris Cole Uh, That would be TinyURL.com Backslash APW Junior Three way That's a hell of a match It goes 35 minutes Excellent stuff Top to bottom Just non-stop Insanity I uh, also have a match from 97 ECW. Aaron O'Grady taking on Justin Credible in a house show. tinyurl.com backslash lepcredible. That's a hell of a match, too, to check out. And last but not least, uh, from OVW TV, it uh, will be November 28, 1998. Uh, Leprechaun Aaron O'Grady taking on Steve Finley, who is or was uh, Pacific Northwest mainstay and trainer Buddy Wayne. Uh, who's passed on uh, very recently. Miss you, buddy. We uh, Rest in peace, my brother. We have tinyurl.com backslash Lep vs. Buddy. And you sh- can check out all those matches. Uh, they'll be posted alongside with uh, the download link when the show come, uh, gets dropped later on tonight. Or depends. If I blow up, it'll be tomorrow morning. Uh, I am getting old, and it's been a, a tough up-and-down day, uh, You know, both with uh, reminiscing about Lep and, and Virgil, Flynn one year uh, since his death, but yeah, it's been a middle of a little rough go, and and also some uh, private personal news, you know, good news, which uh, we'll be talked about later. I'm not quite ready to uh, say what's going on with that, you know, uh, publicly. But um, okay, let's see. I just got a message. Thank you for listening, Marcus Mac. Uh, Max in the middle of uh, making a big move back home. To Daily City I um, appreciate you listening bro And uh, this is a, a little message uh, Without without Leprechaun, Marcus Mack would not be here He would not be with us And um, Leprechaun is a special Special dude that uh, Has touched a lot of people And I uh, appreciate you hitting me with the message bro I'll uh, be talking to you uh, Very soon um, Yeah I mean Mack was in the crowd I was in the crowd. Butch was in the crowd. Gabriel Merez, you know, there was a, you know, like a, uh, Ron had said, Bison Smith was out there, you know, and uh, John Rocca was out there. You know, people got into the business, you know, either through APW or because of APW. Um, but we have another caller calling from the 510. Welcome. Who am I speaking with?
3: Gigolo Steve Rosano.
2: How are, how are you feeling, my brother?
3: Uh, first, got to state this right away. I am not in a wheelchair anymore. I am not. I uh, didn't OD or anything like that. I've been sober from alcohol for 20 years. Uh, I'm doing really good. I'm in the boxing business. I do security for shows. Uh, I'm, in the, I'm doing Wing Chung also and several other things. Uh, I'm doing really good. I'm a member of the California Militia for the last five years. Trying to save this fallen state, and uh, a whole bunch of other things uh, that would take too long to get into.
2: It's good to hear that you're, you're you're doing well, my brother. Last time I saw you was at the at the Hall of Fame, and you were looking really fucking good, man. You were up and around doing your thing. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad that you kicked yes. out.
3: Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, it it feels good. I, can you believe I'm 51 years old? I I can't. I didn't think I'd make it past 40 <laughs> myself. So, uh, you know, I, I've had over 10 surgeries. It's been a long road to recovery. I was in the wheelchair, as you know, for two years. But, I, I you know, uh, as they say, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And doctors telling me you can't do this, and you can't do that. And if you tell me I can't do something, well, I'm going to do it. So... Awesome,
2: awesome. Well, you know, I, I, I have a, a call here from Texas. I'm not quite sure who this is. Uh, welcome to the show, Texas Caller.
3: That is my sister. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, you know what? What we're going to oh, do is we're going <laughs> to.
3: That's
2: tremendous. That's Wendy, tremendous. What I'm gonna, do is uh, I'm Wendy,
3: gonna just listen in on the call. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to mute her. To listen,
4: I'll have, have to try to find you. Oh, man, I didn't know
0: I was doing that. Tremendous.
3: My, no, uh, she's and my sister, no hidden she's hidden. very, very Christian, and uh, she didn't know, she doesn't know the wrestling business, she didn't know <laughs> certain pictures on your website, which I didn't know either, so uh, 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 she, she's a little overwhelmed by the F-bombs and all that, but Lindy, uh, the wrestling business is very vulgar, and, and we have dark sense of humor, so... Is you're gonna hear some nasty language, so I forgot about that. So I'd probably hang up <laughs> if I were you, and I'll yeah, call you yeah. later <laughs> after the show.
2: <laughs> I'm uh, sorry about that. I I I didn't know. So let's let's let's. I didn't start know off. either.
3: I forgot. I haven't been in the biz for years. I I go in and out. You know, I was at Cauliflower <laughs> Alley, by the way, and uh, I think oh. I saw you there, man. Well, uh, well,
2: let's talk about Cauliflower Alley. How was that?
3: Oh, my God. It was amazing. First of all, I kicked off one of my favorite things, a bucket list. Me and uh, a, a friend, uh, a buddy from Oregon, uh, uh, Tommy Celsius, we went to a gun range and shot automatic weapons. And then we also shot a 50 cal. So, that, you know, that's a dream for me. But other than that, I got to meet Dr. D, David Schultz. The man who heard the slap who slapped around the- the slap heard around the world is what I'm trying to say,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: uh, you know there were several uh uh of our brothers and sisters there um the show was a little squirrely, a little too many people, but you know Billy Blade ran it really well. he was there um there, there was just so many people there I can't even get started um D. Brown was there. Um, Dory Funk, uh, junior was there. He got an award and, uh, 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 you know, it was just so, it was just overwhelming. I haven't been in years. Um, I am not a fan of Vegas myself. I don't like big cities, but uh, it was fun. And the, and the brotherhood still, you know, you, you, as you know, you, you go into a show and you pick right up or you left off 20 years ago or 20 minutes ago. So, uh, you know, it, it was fun. It was really fun, and uh, I'm going back next year because it, it, it's really an addiction to see people. Sabu was there. Uh, Rob Van Dam was there. Um, uh, but he was there for a different cause. He's running a... I don't know if you know this. Uh, Van Dam's running a, a a show run and promoted by veterans of the military. And... Um, oh, the guy running in is him, is Bullet, uh, Bullet, Matt Bullet, or something like that. But he got that name because he took a sniper round through the jaw, and and he's wrestling now. It's his promotion, I, and I believe RBD is funding it from the Scuttlebutt. So, uh, but it was great, you know, it was awesome, and I I highly recommend everybody try to go, you know, it's really fun.
2: Well, the, the reason we're here, I, I know the date, it rings a bell in your head, 22 years ago to today, you decided Holy to crap. stick your nose in a match between Leprechaun, Aaron O'Grady, and Vic Grimes.
3: Um,
1: <laughs>
2: and you did the worst west side freaking hand pose ever. The, the whitest of yes. white. I loved it. The, you know, those of yes. us white guys popped for it. It was hilarious. Um, let's, let's, yeah. let's talk about that match. Um, what were you thinking in the back before coming out?
3: Uh, I was thinking that there was going to be antics, shenanigans, and tomfoolery to be had because it always is with with Lepp. Man, God rest his soul. I, I, you know, you know me. I, me and Lepp, we were good friends, and then we drifted apart, and we didn't get along in the end, unfortunately. And that's what happens in the business. Um, and and we both shared similar addictions at the time, so we had that in common in the wrestling. Games. But before I went out. Uh, you know, we we had a couple cocktails, him and I, and then I don't know about Vic. I don't know what he was into, but Vic was all about wrestling. And all was out there was like, okay, you know, these guys, you know, I was a little upset because, you know, I started hardcore at APW. A lot of people don't remember. It was me uh-huh. and Mike Diamond, a.k.a. Max Justice, who who – threw me with a belt around my neck and wrapped around the rope, and I did the mankind head in the ropes thing, then we went out in the parking lot, I took a backdrop on the car and did all that crazy stuff, and Vic was like, that was cool, can I take the ball and run with it? I said, do whatever you want. So, uh, that's how his his hardcore uh, thing got started. A lot of people forget that. Not that I'm, you know, taking credit, but you know, I, I it was fun. Uh, I went up there and I said, okay, these two guys, uh, I, I was proving myself for the West Side Playoffs, and uh, you know that's what I did. And a lot of you know, a side note in that match, Leprechaun went left and I went right, and I stiffed him in the face really hard. And I did not mean to do that. A lot of people think, oh, I stiffed him, I hated him, I punched. Him. No, that's not the case. Okay. It was just one of those things. He leaned forward when I punched, and. And he he we got into it after the show and it was, it was some heat and blah blah blah, but all I was thinking was that, you know hey I'm gonna prove myself for the West Siders and, and 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 that's what happened it was just chaos to be had and the cars smacked heard around the world and and it was a crazy match and uh, I guess it's wrestling history especially in uh, APW.
2: Uh, more than that, um, the matches gone around all over, it was on everybody's tape list. It, everybody really? that traded tapes always wanted to see that one match. Uh, trust me, trust me, I, I scored quite a bit from that match. Just saying. Uh,
0: <laughs> if, Roland,
2: if, if Roland knew what I got from that match, but that's neither here he nor there. He
0: probably
3: had an idea knowing him. He's, he was quite the investigator, so uh, <laughs> he, he probably knew a lot. So, and if he didn't know it, he probably had someone else go investigate. Are they making money off me? 'Cause he hated that and uh but unfortunately it wasn't in his control. So good for you, you know.
2: And I got quite a few good tapes from trading for that one. So that's hey, that's that's the business though. And you know, and a lot yeah. of companies now have you know, we're owners or tape tra- were former tape traders with us back in the AOL days. You know, the guy who owns AEW now, Tony Khan, he was a tape trading guy with us on AOL back in ninety oh, seven. Wow. So that's, you know, and he he's even talks about it. He's like, Yeah, I traded tapes on AOL back in the day. I'm like, Okay, cool. You're one of us, dude. You know, and that's, it's, that's it's, awesome, it's man. Amazing. It's
3: always great to see somebody. That, you know, I was listening earlier that, that, you know, people were in the crowd and they went on to be fans. Then they wanted to be tape traders. Then they went on to be, you know what, I want to be a promoter. Then some of them were like, Well, shoot, I want to be a wrestler. And it's always awesome. You start out in the audience and every single time. And for me, it was turning on Saturday morning NWA and seeing Ric Flair and Roddy Piper and and, 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 uh, uh, and in the Four Horsemen, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's what I want to do right there. That's it. Because when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a stuntman in Hollywood. I wanted to jump off buildings like uh, uh, my hero at the time, uh, um, uh, uh, Robinson. He was a famous stuntman and uh you might have seen the t v tape for he's jumping off the Sears tower and all that. I wanted to do that, but I kind of went down a different path so <laughs> well, you know it worked, yeah, you know you know a p w we were innocent we were you know we drank, we partied we 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 didn't some of us did some of us were some of the boys were. And girls were very straight and narrow, and that's fine. Um, you know, we, 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 we were crazy. We were starting something new. Roland was starting something new, house shows that ran every two weeks, and, you know, Halloween Hell and Christmas Chaos. And and uh, there was a Thanksgiving show, I think, later on that started getting booked. But, uh, you know, we it was a lot of fun, and we made history, and it was a pleasure for me to be in those history books as you know, for one half of the tag team champions with Modest and Tony Jones and the West Side Player thing, which I had a ball doing, it was absolutely fun. And 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 uh, you know, uh, I've even thought about getting back into the business. I can't take bumps, but I can certainly do other things. And and uh, I, I don't know who who knows. I'm flirting around with the idea. There's a couple people that are texting me going, hey, you should come back and do this. But I'm like. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I just you could at least you this. could
2: at least do a do a seminar for for students. I mean, come on, bro. You, you know what? A I, you know, I
3: was you know I I was at my uh, martial arts dojo today talking with my coach who also was in the wrestling business as the Phantom, and we were talking about seminars, and I said, you know, I really would thought about, and one of the things I really want to talk about in these seminars is taking care of your head. Um, one of my diagnoses, I've had over 150 concussions. I have post-concussion syndrome. I have PTSD from, you can get PTSD from head trauma. It's not from war. Or it's not from Ning. And and I have been in combat-like situations in the street, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, you know, and you've got to take care of your body, take care of your head, because I'm having really bad memory issues and forgetting things and and, and blacking out and waking up in a different room and forgetting where I'm driving, forgetting how to get home. So, boys and girls, take care of your head. When you take those chair shots, block it, man. Block it. Work it. Don't be stupid and go, oh, I saw him do this, so I'm going to do that. Don't do that, you know. So, if I did as a seminar, on, it would be about taking it, care of your head.
2: As far as, as, far as the... the, the the chair shots, eight out of ten fans will not say a fucking word if you put your hand up. Okay? Yeah. It's those two cocksuckers yeah. that say something. And it's not cool. I mean, you know what? I mean, we, we've we seen many people just get killed with chairs, and we know what it does. And that nowadays, it's no joke. We know what CTE is. We know
3: well, the I, damage that can be yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. I have CTE. They, obviously, you cannot find CTE until the brain dies, so... You know when my brain gets donated to science, they're going to go, "Wow, don't do this so uh you know it's no fun to not remember your friends' names and not remember your dog's name and not remember your mother's name. It's no fun and and i I was a very much a student of the game i I would go to a p w work out I'd watch tapes all Japan and e c w till three o'clock in the morning, drive home, go to work the next day at six in the morning, rinse and repeat you know three days a week I've trained and I just ate, swallowed it. And I was my kind of my own Mark. I'm like, well, I'm not going to block the chair shots cause I want it. To, I want to sell it. I want it to be legit. I want, I want these chair shots coming in. And, and, uh, you know, but, but when you take a chair shot from like Axel rotten, you might want to block it. Uh, he's a little stiff. Uh, <laughs> and Joe Applebaum <laughs> too, is no, uh, there's no, a uh, walk in the park either. So, um, I should have, you know, blocked the chair shots, man. Don't. This it, is not fun to 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 not remember, you know, stuff. So,
2: so I, I had Ron head on earlier in the show, and oh,
3: um, God, I'm so. Oh my God, Ron! I'm so glad he's doing good. <laughs> I've been. I I don't keep up with the biz. Okay, I don't keep in contact. I talk to Tony Jones every great now and then. And Tony, you've got to have Tony on because he keeps up with everybody. Tony's in well, contact Tony, with everybody from Shooter Tony Jones, yeah.
2: I, I, had, I had Shooter lined up, but he had to, to do something for work. But he has an earbud in yeah. listening. So he, and he was shooting uh, questions on Messenger for Vinny, who was on as well. So I had Vinny on. Had oh, Ron Vinny's
3: on. on right now? Uh,
2: not anymore. He, 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 was, he called oh, in the okay. middle of training. So, yeah, he's,
3: oh, okay. he's training
2: at a school. But he managed to take some time out to to talk, which is which is great. I love Vinny. Vinny's a good kid.
3: Vinny's and, uh, all, he's the innovator, man. The, the moves that Vinny came up with are mathematically beyond physics. <laughs> you know,
0: yeah. uh, Vinny That's came up
3: with awesome moves. He he would take a little bit of lucha, a little bit of All Japan, a little bit of New Japan, and take each move and put it together and made his own moves. It was brilliant, you know. And Vinny, he's definitely the innovator, man. His mind, the way, his mind works. I don't think science will ever figure out. So, uh, good for him. Now, is Vinny's doing it. He's out of home school.
2: Uh, I don't know where he's training. I I didn't ask. Uh, I kind of. It's kind of like you don't ask about the woman you're dating, kind of thing. Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, just because it. there's so many, so many schools, I would have to mention every one. So, but there's a lot of lot of really good schools out here now. It, you know, it's really yeah. how say it easy to get in. I, I don't understand, but um you know, you can easy put your money to get down. In and,
3: the bu- oh, I'm sorry. You did you just say it's easy to get in the business now?
2: It's easier now than it has ever been.
3: Yeah, well a lot you, of things you are know, easy least, these days now.
2: Well at least try <laughs> at least train or try and then until you get broken then you quit and then you whine on Facebook about it.
3: But What well, yes, right? What is the uh average uh training? Is it I mean it used to be two, three, four years before you saw the locker room breaking down the ring, putting up the ring. I I recently talked to uh Hawkeye Shane Cody. I had dinner with him and his family a few months ago in June and he was telling me that the kids today they don't want it I sound so old. The kid they don't want to set up the ring, they they just want their belts and they wanna do photographs and and mm-hmm. emojis, and they just want to get a push. They train for six months. They buy a belt online, and that's it. They don't want to do jobs. They don't want to break down the ring, and that's very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, if WWE's doing that, I hope not, but um, to me, there's only a handful of guys in New York that can work. You know, Styles, of course, Miz, who I think is the new Hogan, and, uh, you know, I don't keep up with the biz, but I just glance at it every now and then. I don't do online, you know, I just class at raw and whatnot, but from what I see there's still kind of back in the old days there's million dollar bodies, like Manny Fernandez used to say when we were on the road, these guys have a million dollar bodies and ten cents of ability, and unfortunately it's still the case today, so
2: Well, I'll tell you Roland may not be with us anymore, but his his gospel and his training methods are continuing there is the gold mine, uh EPW boot camp in the gold mine. They're just they just got into the yes. building. Um, you, you were at the old building when we when we put Mike and Tony in the Hall of Fame. You were there. That's yes. the old building yes. that had to, they had to leave it uh, for whatever reason. But they found a new spot down the street, so they're they're starting training again. And Sparky's kids, every student, setting up the ring, breaking down the ring, holding a camera, doing something, some type of security, moving chairs, you know, taking tickets at the door. That's
3: so awesome because
2: the way it is. Yeah. And those kids are being trained properly. that's,
3: That's really, really good to hear, man. That really makes me happy because that work. There are several jobs in the business you can get. You don't if you're not cut out to be a wrestler, you're not cut out to be a wrestler. There's promotion, there's lighting, there's electrician, there's tech, which is huge right now. There's there's you know tickets. There's so much money to be made. Well, I mean, let's face it, wrestling business is Hollywood. Then there are several jobs. If you know how to run a computer and you're a decent athlete, you're going to get a job in the wrestling business, uh, you know, without really paying your dues, um, you know. But to hear that APW esque athletes are still making kids pay their dues, uh, that makes me that fills my heart, man. That's really great to hear.
2: And I'm not disparaging any other schools. I know uh, uh, Virgil's, Virgil Virgil Flynn School is still doing the same thing, So's the Stoner U who are doing it tonight, they're running a show tonight, which is why you know I didn't have a couple people I, on
3: um, but yeah, I had doing a run in with stoners. stoners I had a run in with the Stoners in August in uh, Portland at BCW they brought me in to do a mm-hmm. seminar and I did a seminar with Tommy Celsius and BCW and those guys and um, Stoners drove from Oakland, wrestled that night and then drove back the same night, so my hats off to that. That's pretty freaking hardcore. Um, but uh, the stoners were involved in an angle that uh, wasn't very nice, you know. But uh, you know, it is what it is. There's people like that in the business. Our the business is a criminal element, as you know. It's going to attract con men and 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 uh, carnies and you know, Roland was a carny, you know. And uh, it's that's the element of the entertainment business. It's always going to have its Criminal element trying to get a get away with uh, taking a twenty dollar bill and getting back a fifty dollar bill. So, you know that's how it is.
1: So let's uh, let's
2: turn things around back to back to Leb. Uh How did you meet Mike? Yes.
3: Mike and I met. Uh, I was training at APW in the uh, mid nineties, and I had just I had and now this is I think right after my Skippy Dupree. Uh, debut, I don't know if you ever heard of that or saw the tape, but I originally, my very first match was a gay gimmick, and I was Skippy Dupre, and I, it, it bordered on the line of, uh, 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 of a guy that liked violence and got off on it, and it lasted one whole match. Skippy Dupree died the next day, so uh, but after that came Steve Rosano, and then after that, I was named Gigolo by... Um, Cowboy Lang, he named me Jigolo because I was dancing around and stuff. I didn't name myself Jigolo, but Lepp and I met. He came to APW practice. He was with, uh, I guess, Jerry Monty in Big Time or uh, Kurt White, and he was no, playing he, with he Jerry was, Monty. I no, he,
2: he was with he was with Woody,
3: Woody Farmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah Max, Bay Area, right. and, and I guess he had felt that he had gone as far with them as possible, and he saw that APW thing and 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 he came and, and came in for a workout with Jason Styles. Jason Styles lasted one workout Mike stayed. And uh that's how I met Mike and we we he lived in Pacifica and at the time I lived in either Burlingame or or uh or um or South City or
1: uh
3: anyways near San Francisco and uh we just started hanging out, we started he, he had the he he had the same work ethic as I did is show up early, you know, I have a saying called FOILU F O I first one in, last one out. Foilu and, and Mike had the same attitude, get there first, leave last. And and uh we, we you know, we both had a sort of similar party background so we got along there. And uh uh doctor Lana Mike Leno called me and he says Steve there's an extra ticket for you if you want it. If you want to go to uh, 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 Cauliflower Alley, this is when it was being held at the Elks Lodge in Los Angeles. And I said, well, crap, you know, I got one, I got a plus one, so let me call around and see if I can scrounge up. So I called Mike, called a couple other people. They couldn't go. I called Mike. He's like, yeah, let's go. And we went to the airport and flew down there and became good friends. And uh, we we roomed together a couple times and then we, uh, uh, Manny Fernandez came on the scene and shook up the whole, the whole promotion there, and and said these guys can work. They need to go on the road. And Roland was like, no, they don't. They need to stay here and make me money. And 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 Manny was like, huh, we'll see. So we went on the road with Manny, me, Cowboy Frank Dalton, Mike Modest, and uh, uh, um, Mike Ray came in later. But we ended up in Tennessee. Something happened. I'm not going to get into it, but we got separated. Mike Modest and I got stranded in Tennessee, and I said, you know what? Isn't USWA here? He said, yeah. So we had to try out for USWA. Uh, uh, it went pretty good. Um, but when we got back, there was a little bit of heat between Mike and I, but there, and that just kind of – he had done something I'm not going to get into because I'm not going to soil his memory. But, uh, he, he did something nasty, but that's okay. We all do. I've done nasty things too. So, you know, I'm sure I deserved it, but that's how we met. And, and we had the same work ethic and, and we lived near each other. We ride, share. And, and, and uh, uh, at the time I was running a, uh, a gentleman's club and saw the guys would come after workouts and come see me there. And we got to be even more friends, but, but that, you know, Mike and I's relationship after Tennessee was kind of rocky, but we were, I I respected him because he was older than me as far as training. He had a lot more time put in because he had started with uh, uh, Woody Farmer two or three years before I did. So I was always very respectful of the guys that were in one day ahead of me. You know, Spike Dudley was in two, he's only three months ahead of me, but he's a really good athlete and he escalated and he put in the time and, Blah blah blah. So, uh, and then that's how we met, and and, uh, and 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 he knew I was a pretty good worker, and I knew he was a pretty good worker. So we're like, okay, I can't get on this show. Okay, well, I'll, shit, I'll call Rosano, and I'd be like, okay, I'll call Lepp, and we call each other when we need each other. Like, hey, I can't get on the show. If if I book you, you they'll be on the show, and I'd be like, okay, I'm on another show. So you know how the business is. We need each other. Yeah. You know, and, and back in the old school, if I brought in a Leprechaun or a Manny or, or a, a Mike Modis, especially, or Tony Jones, would be like, hey, man, you get Tony Jones or Mike Modis or Lep, I'll book you and I'll pay you this much and the other thing. And that's how it worked. I don't know if it's still that way today. But, you know, we used each other and, and we were fine with it because everybody was getting a payoff, getting promotion. This is before the Internet now. This is the mid-'90s. So there was no Facebook and no... It was just barely what, email? And those big blue and, and I was bro. Yeah, AOL, we had AOL. And, Online. and I had a beeper. <laughs> I had a beeper, so yeah.
2: Jesus, we're getting old, Stevie. We're getting old. Right? <laughs> Fuck I
3: we're know.
0: old.
3: <laughs> but, yeah. But but Lep was uh an unbelievable athlete. He, he was character. He was a hustler too, uh behind the scenes if he needed something or wanted something, he got it. He just went after it. And he, he was a hungry guy. He, he never got really lazy uh, with the biz, how you, uh, you know, escalate to a certain position, and then you kind of lay back and go, well, I got the belt, so I don't need to work hard. He never had that attitude. Um, I don't know his attitude once he got into New York. Uh, once he got into ECW, that didn't last too long. I don't know what happened. Uh, you probably know more than I do. I I just know scuttlebutt and stories, so I don't know what's true. I wasn't there, um, yeah. and this is through you know Robert Thompson, and Spike Dudley, who were good friends with him. So I I wasn't there. Um, I I was proud of him for going to New York, and he he paid his dues and and went there and did it. You know him and Vic, and got more. God God bless him, You know, good for them.
2: You know the 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 thing with Leb is that from the first time I saw him. To the last time I saw him, I've never seen him blow up. Yeah, I've never seen him gasping for breath. He was an athlete. And yeah. He was an athlete first, and it, just an amazing, it, always in condition, always looked good. Oh. Regardless if he was hurt, right. hungover, it didn't. Yeah, matter yeah, yeah.
3: All. Let right. me tell you, when we we're, were in we were in a Ford Taurus, okay, five of us in a Ford Taurus that's that sat four, so. You know, he'd look out at his watch and go, I gotta eat my cereal. And he'd pull out his bag, he had his gallon of milk, and he had his cereal and he had to have his cereal at a certain time every day. And then two or three hours, you know, bodybuilders, pro athletes, we eat about every two to three hours. And he was on it, man. We were getting fast food and living on baloney blowouts. Lep was like getting his cereal and then getting his salad and then getting yeah, he was a student of the game and I respect him for that and he had a really good job too. With uh, Safeway, and a lot of people didn't know that he he he, he was a, a manager or something and made really good money with the Safeway Corporation, and uh, it was a good hard worker and, and was somehow able to take time off whenever he wanted, but he he made good money so he could afford the good vitamins and the good food while we're getting you know tuna fish and potatoes and top round and. <laughs> And, and you know, dollar, dollar McDonald's, you know, but uh, more pot. Yeah, he was definitely it was like, okay, I gotta take my vitamin. Oh God, I gotta, I gotta get my, we gotta stop. I gotta get my cereal. You know, he was really anal about his regimen, and you know, I, you know, we kind of laughed at, it at at the time, but you know, he went on and I didn't. So, you know, I went on to LA and did my XPW well, was my WWE to be honest with you, and, and I'm fine hey, that. I, I,
2: I years ago I conducted an interview with modest right and 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 oh. his career defining goal was wrestling in the Tokyo Dome yours was yes. doing your thing in XPW you know uh, yes. le- le- I guess was on WrestleMania so you know I mean there's
3: Oh by the way voice was in Vegas he worked on the cauliflower alley I'm sorry to interrupt but I got to say that I saw voice yeah. and he did really good he looked he's great still going. Got a couple he's, new moves. he's still going so, he's,
2: he's hey, still going he's he's main eventing tomorrow night
3: Good for him. Tomorrow I think night. he's got he's, a strap, too.
2: Yeah, a couple of them. He's, Good uh, for him, Sparky's, man. Right, right on. He's Sparky's secondary champion for over four years.
3: He's out of my division That's title great. for over
2: four years. And, uh, I remember I
3: just, helping train, uh, voice, and he was a skinny little kid who was shy, and he kind of sat in the corner, and now he's as bigger than life. You know, He's deal. like six foot four yeah. or something, and and he's doing spitting elbows and landing on the back of his neck and doing a nip up. So, God bless him, man. He's doing. I'm, I'm really proud. Of, you know that. I, I only help train him once or twice, but you know, to when you help train somebody just for a second, even for one day, and they go on to see big things, you're just like, you know what? I was in that man's life for just a minute, and I hope I helped. You know, that's all I can say. So.
2: Yeah, 22 years in, he's still going.
3: Wow. And yeah.
2: Strong and you know he's relatively healthy, you know considering, you know yeah he was walking and
3: talking fine you know in Vegas so yeah and I'm like barely hobbling (laughs) along almost having a cane but uh, good for him man yeah if you take care of your body you take care of your head you're gonna go a long way look I do not know how Sabu is still walking the earth I have no idea Um, I saw him.
2: I saw him live before Cauliflower Alley. And where was it? Before? It was, yeah, it was right before. And he was just still doing his thing. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, he's older. He's older. I'll give him that. But he's still doing, you know, some of the Sabu stuff. I was like, dude. And I walked into yeah. him, bought the book, and, and thanked him. You know, it was the second time I got to see him live. And the first yeah. time I saw him, it was right before he had to have the hip replacement. So he was he did nothing. And he apologized yeah. to me. I'm like, dude. You don't have to apologize for nothing. You're fucking Sabu. Nice to meet you. <laughs> right. You
3: yeah. know, I, and I, saw I, him, you know, I thanked him again. We hugged, and, 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 and I, I saw him the cauliflower we hugged. He, was, he had his own table with Jeannie, uh, and we're sitting there talking, and he still he had a line of ten little Japanese men that flew from Tokyo all the way to Vegas just to see Sabu for that night and spend time with him for ten minutes. That's Sabu. That's the drawing power of Sabu, the Iron Sheik's nephew. So, give or take, he might have, you know, issues outside the ring. He might not. We we all had a party. You know, some of us partied. You know, I drank. I did whatever I did, and and and, and But he's still doing it, and they still line up around the block to just take a picture with him, and 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 good for him, man. And he yeah, he's living in Vegas, by the way.
2: Yeah, Vegas. Well, Vegas is thriving. So you know they have quite a few promotions and schools. You know, and there there are people that live there that that are going. You know, that are you know going all around the country and the world to to wrestle. So uh, Vegas is thriving, same as Northern California.
3: Talking to a couple people about they they they're running guy. If you live in Vegas, you work every single weekend. Some of the people are indies and they don't have a job. They wrestling. That's it. They wrestle. Uh, you know what? Two, four, six, eight, eight to ten times a month, and that's all they do is work out and wrestle, and you know, God, that's great, man. I, I if that's the business is thriving like that, you know I man, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, very much so. There, there are quite a few out there that are doing it, but there are also guys out there that are grinding. But you know what, though, you can't you can't hate on the on the grind. You know, I mean, it, it, if you no, I love put on the boots this. and you no, step in the ring. Is- you, you get my respect if you step in that ring. You know, okay, if you're heel, I'm going to fuck with you. If you're babyface, I'm going to cheer because that's my job. And when you get out of the ring, right. you, you still get my respect.
3: Here's what I tell people, brother. This is what I tell people. They go, oh, is it fake? I'll say, look, I show them the seven-inch scar on my back that, that I crushed three discs in my back and almost got paralyzed and wrestled on that for ten years without getting it fixed a herniated disc, and there's a scar in my stomach going to the other side of my spine. And then if they don't buy that, I go, look, go knock on that door, a wooden door, knock on it as hard as you can for five minutes, for 50 times, and you tell me how your hand feels. They go, well, it hurts after five or six. I go, exactly. Now throw your body in the ground 30 to 60 times a night for 300, 400 matches, and you tell me how you feel. And it always goes, oh, okay, I didn't think of it that way. No, you didn't think of it that way. So don't screw with the boys and girls, man. These are athletes, mm-hmm. finely tuned athletes that, you know, some of them do UFC. I, I myself right now am doing MMA and boxing and, and different other things. And, 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 you know, like CM Punk, you know, get in his face and you see what happens to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, my, my wife is a, is a casual fan. Okay, she'll go to shows from time to time And some of the boys are some of her friends and stuff So, But she gets very angry When you use that four letter F word And I don't mean fuck She gets fake. very yes. angry When you say the word fake ah. Very angry
1: yeah.
0: Because her, she man. sees Ride
2: You know she sees these guys You know and girls after they're wrestling they, You know and, and she talks You know she sees you know, from a motherly view, she sees you know, the ice people.
3: packs and the limping, and yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a shame that, but you know, she sets people straight, which is cool, and and I love my wife dearly, and it's just it's another thing that makes her a special human. That and she gets to let me you know talk shit every couple of weeks on the on the podcast, but that's <laughs> you know, that that's married life. But so, uh, what what do you have coming up, Steve? You you have any? Uh, any, any, uh, uh, I, any,
3: uh, nothing. I'm just keeping to myself. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm part of what's called a three percent nation uh, group, which is three percent of the nation are gun owning patriots, and they're tired of what's going on in the country. And and I'm a member of the California State Militia. I'm what's called a specialist. It's a military organization. Um, uh, it's volunteer only. We do not get paid. We buy our own ammo. We have our own guns. We have our own food. Yada yada. And I'm also part of another group in Mendocito County where I go and I train and I'm learning to uh, live off the land, what mushrooms you can eat, how to skin a rabbit, um, how to start fires in the snow and the rain. And, and, and because California is heading in a real dark, dark, bad direction. And if I told you what was going on in your own neighborhood, this goes out to all fans, all the boys, all the girls. You would never leave your house again if I were to tell you what's outside your door, just in your neighborhood in Oakland or even in uh, uh, the Oakland Hills or or, or Beverly Hills. You wouldn't believe me. So there's a lot of bad things happening, and we're doing what we can to fix it because I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I've had enough of certain politicians in California that have completely – Oakland has collapsed. The cops, my cop friends, my ex I hang out with two men who are former special ops, okay? These guys were a trained sniper, and one was National Guard and, and an ex-cop. And, and they tell me that right now every uh, uh, cop there is, there's 40 people for one cop because of what's going on with the different generations. There's no more tough guys. There's no more men. People don't want to be firefighters. They don't want to be cops. They don't want to be EMTs. They're soft, they're weak, um, and that's through a lot of different things. I won't get into. Um, But right now, I'm just I'm trying to fight to save the state, you know. And it's just one day at a time. Um, I'm still sober on alcohol, 20 years. Can't believe it. So uh, that's all I'm doing. I'm just uh, I'm a patriot, and and I'm just training. Uh, I do Wing Chun and boxing and MMA and. I'm just trying to do my thing, and I'm going to survival school. I'm also uh, into can. I'm still learning how to grow cannabis and-, and learning that business as well because it is the heart of California right now, or the United States, kind of. And so I got a lot on my plate, and it keeps me very, very busy. And um, if I had the chance to go back in the wrestling business, I probably would. Uh, I can't take any bumps, but I would more than happy to train anybody that wants to be trained. I'm more than happy to give advice on anything. Um, I'm not shy. If you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you what I think. You suck. You don't suck. You need work on this and that and the other thing. So, you know, I'm I'm on Facebook at Steve Razon, and I I don't – I have nothing to promote. That's it, really. I'm just uh, a a hard – you know, an ex-athlete, ex-actor who, you know, I'm just trying to do my thing. That's all.
2: So you're you're based out of the East Bay still?
3: I'm in Oakland, California. Yes.
2: Oakland. Okay. Cool. Well, what what I'm going to do is I'm when I when I shut down the show, I'm going to hit up a couple different promotions and see if we can probably get you booked to to do a seminar because you you've been you've been there you've you've gone through through the business the business has gone through you and then some and there's a yeah. lot that that needs to be shared. And uh, you know, good, bad, and indifferent. You know, what I mean, especially bad. You know,
3: There's a lot of behind-the-scenes thing that that people don't know about. Like, hey, kid, take this pill, you'll be okay, and that starts a vicious cycle. Or hey, take a sip, or hey, take a drag, and and you'll feel better. You got a torn thing, don't worry about it. Just take this. I need you for the show down the road. That's not right. That's what happened to me. I won't say who. But, you know, it was not in this area. It was in L.A., so you know who it was. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's how the business. I don't know if it's like that anymore. I hear there's a lot of straight and narrow happening, especially here in California. I don't. I hear that people really don't party anymore and, and don't do what Rosano did and, 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 you know... Not on God, show nights. God bless nights. Him, uh, de- and, not,
2: on, not on show nights. I can tell you that.
3: That's great, but... That's you know, well, good to hear, because uh, you know. You know. Remember, I hung out with the Manny Fernandezes and the Terry Funks, so I learned a lot. <laughs> and Sabu yeah. and Sandman and New Jack, <laughs> I learned some nasty habits from those gentlemen, but I also learned of what not to do and what to do. Uh, uh, you know, when, when New Jack and Sandman take you under their wing, you learn a lot in three days of being on the road with those guys, and and uh, most of it good, believe it or not. So. Uh, but I also learned a lot what not to do. Don't do that. Don't say that. So uh, it was fun, you know. I, if, if people keep asking me, you know, like my sister called in earlier, would you do it again? And I say, damn right, every day and twice on Sunday. I, I'd do it again. Mm-hmm. I'd change a few things, Getting hit in the head, you know, a hundred concussions later. But, you know, I'd do it again in a heartbeat, no problem.
2: Well, bef- before we wrap up, uh, give me one quick garage story with you and Lep, just in that garage.
3: Uh, God, there's too many. Uh uh Lep and I okay. Lep and I uh well the, the three way, me, Lep and and, and and Vic, we had we did, we had the one three way and it then was in later August. I did the run in. Remember that?
2: No, no, it was after. So, you you did the it was yeah. the the three way was after. It was in August.
3: Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. But during that three-way, I remember, Lep was very good with spots. I forgot spots a lot because I drank and, you know, had damage, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I forgot to finish. And Lep would come running over to me, punch me, or do something and go, remember the thing, blah, blah, blah. And, And if you know about Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels did that. He memorized everyone's spots and their words and what they said. He was very, very smart and, like, if you see Shawn Michaels on Raw, the old tapes, he's mouthing what the what Big Texy is saying on the stick or Scott Hall. He's kind of mouthing and making sure they say it. Lep was that way. He memorized his spots, our spots, Vic's spots. Hey, remember to do his thing. Remember, scan the cat. Remember the on drag track. We'll take it again. Remember, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Lep, damn. And he, like I said, he was a student of the game. And and and. I remember twice in that match, I forgot a spot and grab me and go, remember the thing? Oh, okay, boom, and got it. And I remember we did the skin to cat, which is where I'm on in the inside of the ring. He does a handstand on the rope, flips out. His legs go over my head, and then he Frankensteiners me. Uh, while he's in the air, he says, thanks, good bump. I mean that was that was Lep he he would talk to you and, and nobody knew we were talking you know but but
0: mm-hmm.
3: you know I, I hope I'm not uh, breaking Fabe here but <laughs> I don't know your show that well so how I, I apologize if I did we're good uh but we're good. Uh, uh, but but I Lep was a student of the game he 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 made sure he wanted to make sure the match went over whether it was, and I was the same way, whether it was 10 people or 10,000 or 30,000 on Raw or whatever. Uh, he wanted to make sure he'd be like, okay, let's do this. Remember, you got the thing, right? And he'd be running around the locker room going, Rosano, remember, boom, do your elbow thing. Remember to do the thing. Okay, remember the dance. Do your dance. And he made sure that the match was going to be on a scale of 1 to 10, 11. And, and that was left. And, and I remember... Blowing one spot where I punched him in the face really hard on the car spot where when him and Zick were in the car and I opened the door to get in there, something went wrong and I hit him by accident and he thought I deliberately hit him and he was very very upset. Not that I hit him, he was upset that it might have made the match look bad, which I didn't figure out till much much later, unfortunately. But you know that was left. Let's make sure we 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 put the uh, you know the war zone. Let's make sure the war zone is on fire. Let's make sure the war zone's happy. Let's not you know let's not blow any spots because they'll call us out on it. And the, you guys did, man. Right. <laughs> you could not blow a spot hey. in the APW garage, otherwise you would get shunned. You know, <laughs> you effed you up. You effed up. You know, It's like an ECW crowd. And um, but that was left, and and I i do i do uh i do uh i do think about him on a daily basis and for him to die the way he died anybody could die that way is a is a is a freaking tragedy man it it's not right and and people gotta be aware of the business and the poisons that go around when you're a good athlete when you're a good wrestler when you're all-around good guy like Left was. People want to bring you down. They want to give you pills. They want to give you alcohol. They want to give you drugs. They want to make sure that they're on your level and we the boys and the girls want to be loved, so we participate. And and unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't go right. Sorry, I'm getting emotional, but you know, for him to go the way he did, it, I I... I I pray I pray to God that he that he's in heaven and he's with his family and and he's with you know people that he loves and and I just hope that he's in he's resting in peace. I really do. I really do. Well,
2: I'm going to uh, I'm going to finish up the show, but it was great hearing from you Steve. Um like I said, you know, this complete shoot. If I can get you get get your name out there to, to do a seminar, um you know, people need to understand you know that that you know there are different ways to do things, right, wrong, and whatever. And I, I want you to get your 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 testimony and and your your feelings and and what you can give back to the business because the business gave to you all these fun memories. And I, I know that pro wrestlers go out of their way to give back because you know it's always there's always someone putting someone else over. You're always going to do the job in the end. And
3: um, yeah, again and, and, it was. And... That's it, and people say, well, Rosano, you, you didn't go over a lot. I didn't care about going over. I didn't care about straps. I wanted to put people over. I was good at taking bumps, and that's what I did. A lot of people were good at taking bumps, and, and that was fine by me. I didn't care about getting the hand raised. I just wanted to have – if I was getting paid to do something I loved. and, and There it is. Yeah, I wanted – if I could get You were that would us that loved it.
2: That was the thing. Steve was that you were you were giving to us out in that crowd. You know, whether it was seventy five in the garage or, you know, a thousand in the Olympic. You were giving it to us. Right. Right. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to, to to reach out and have you on was to thank you for being you. You know, you were an integral part of, of that summer in ninety seven. That was a very special time. And I wanted to have you wanted to, to you know shoot the shit and share let memories and and also to you know put a little shine on 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 what you did for us, and I again I appreciate everybody that you know that that gave their time and energy and effort into into entertaining us fools out in that war zone, and it was a special <laughs> time, um, and it you know it needs to the stories need to be told.
1: It is what you know, it is. and
3: that's the other thing is summer nights. Summer nights, what do kids do to get in trouble? Well, when they go to a wrestling show, they're in the crowd, and they're screaming and yelling, and by the end of the night, they're too tired to get in trouble. So we are responsible for keeping people off the streets. If, I've always said that we are professional psychologists in a way because you come to the crowd to what? Yell and scream at the heel and cheer and go crazy and hug the baby. And that's fine. And I always said that. I've always said we are kind of perf- we are stunt we are stuntmen psychologists. And, and I've always said that uh, behind the scenes, a lot of people don't know that. And we are. And and we 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 you is your job as fans to take your aggressions out on us. To to say I love you, I love you, uh, Miz, or or I hate you. You know whoever the heel is right now. I do not know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And that was our job. and, and for me getting booed, getting spit on, getting rocks thrown at me. I even stabbed a couple of times with pencils. What a rush, man. There's nothing like it to to raise your hand in an arrogant way and have, make someone so angry that they want to charge the ring or, or throw a drink at you. You know, uh, uh, I was on the road once with Ted DiBiase, and I said, I remember you did a pay-per-view And you got hit in the back of the head with a cup of beer, and you didn't flinch. And I said, now how did you not flinch? He said, it's real simple, Steve. In that moment, I was about Ted DiBiase, the million-dollar man. You could have hit me with a chair. You could have stabbed me. You could have shot me. I would have done the promo, finished it, did my match, and walked off leading. And that's exactly what it was about.
2: Oh, there it is. That wraps up the business and whole, but like I said, Steve, it was great having you on. I'm, I'm gonna knock you off so I can wrap up. The wife's giving me the go home sign, and you know you, okay. you, you never keep the wife waiting.
0: <laughs> and
3: and uh, just real quick, uh, I was in Vegas. I did some sort of documentary. I do not know the name of it, but you and your investigative skills, if you can find out. I've only cried twice this year. You're the second time you made me cry. So. And then I cried on the documentary talking about Bruiser Brian Cox and 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 a few other you know Matt Bourne, of course and and Playboy Buddy Rose and uh, uh so there's some documentary I did about an hour interview that was part of the uh, North America uh, Northwest wrestling scene about uh, mostly Portland and, and Oregon going back to the Piper days and all that so if you I can will, find I that will, out I will I will hit up Jim Valley
2: if Jim Valley doesn't know no one knows
3: okay. Okay, sounds good. Let me know. That would be great. I don't I going to. I will keep you I, no
2: I will hit right, him up on Twitter when I get off. All
3: right, brother. Thank you very much, and thank you for what you're doing.
2: God bless you, my brother. God bless. Uh, all right, that was the Gigolo Steve Rizzano. Um He well, while he went a while, uh, that was great to have Steve on and to hear he's doing well. Uh, he uh, was in some pretty bad trouble, uh, in a wheelchair for a couple years, and you know planning his demons and, and things like that. But uh, I'd like to thank Mr. Ron Head for coming on. Uh that was one I didn't think I would get. Uh I, I just uh threw you know threw out a line today and uh, Ron came through. I loved it. And uh Vinny Massaro coming on was great. Um you know Shooter coming uh coming through the messenger and sending me messages were great. Uh, we were going to have uh, Shane Dynasty, Doc Atrocity on, but Shane had a tattoo to do. So, hey, business before pleasure, my brother. I, I won't hold it against you. And I know you're working hard today, because I know today's a rough one for you. Um, yeah, it was it was it was great having uh, Vinny on and, and Steve. And uh, it was just great talking about you know an old friend that that passed and that's living on in uh, that that world of YouTube and, and Daily Motion, you know and uh, also on the WWE Network, uh, Crash Holly stuff, and you know, f- click on those links that I post. Check out the matches; they they speak for themselves. Um, Mike Lockwood, Aaron O'Grady, he was left for me. Uh, Crash Holly was uh, just a hell of an athlete, a hell of a human being, a great performer, and you know, he was he was a credit to the business. You know what? We we all got our issues. Okay, we all are fucked up in one way or the other. It's just, you know, we got to make sure we get that shit right, you know, when we're ultimately judged. And it is what it is, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't you know, talk about, you know, my spirituality or, or, or whatever too often, but, you know, uh, I know that LEP is, is down here, is looking down here at all the hard work that, you know, the boys and girls that, that were in that garage, whether it's the fans or, or, or performers that are still going or, or a uh, uh, retired performers, He's still he's looking down on all of us and I know that he's happy to see that Norcal has blown the fuck up. And uh I know that he has a very special place in his heart for for Marcus Mack for uh, keeping the APW name going and uh Sparky Balor doing, you know, uh keeping the gold mine and the uh the boot camp going. I know that he would be happy to know that things are going down, you know, that things are being held down by you guys and you know, and Gabe's drawing thousands um you know Butch is, is doing his thing you know and John the Rocker who's uh, still a fertile mind uh we haven't seen the last of that guy um I have a feeling but uh, it's about time to go home uh wrap it up but, uh, but before I go I'm going to bring out my special shovel and I'm going to beat the shit out of some little motherfucker from lives in Katy Texas you hear me Joey you hear me you son of a bitch you fucked us over and you you fucked over a lot of people, and you're going to burn in hell when you die. Fuck you, you fat, bald bastard. Okay. Just so you guys know, Joey is my younger brother, and he caused a lot of heat between a lot of people, and kind of fucked things up for me, you know, where I should have been around, I should have been done done more in the business. But you know what, though? Things work out for a reason. Uh, let's wrap up. And Oh, uh, for those that... that you know, or offended by my language. I'm sorry. It just is what it is. I got a foul mouth and it is what it is. I do my best to keep it clean, but you know, I just it's me. But let's wrap up. Uh, let's thank our sponsors, BrownButterWrestling.com. Uh, you know, Brown Butter's got merchandise from from performers all over the all over the world. Uh, also, thanks to uh, Joe Killjoy Designs on Facebook or at Killjoy Designs on Twitter. He's the one that designed my Dawn of the Dead. Um, inspired T-shirt Or alternative Wrestling radio uh, You can get Our show Archives at TinyURL.com Backslash A-L-T uh, You know what Here, Let's let's pull this up I'm getting old uh, Okay That would be TinyURL.com Backslash A-L-T-W Radio Those are for the archives And if you'd like to Support the show um, I don't ask for donations Big. Trust me. I don't ask for donations. Uh, I do sell shirts. Uh, there are three designs up at Brown Butter. There's the uh, the Zombie Kid shirt, which is pretty cool, which was helped by de- designed by uh, Joey Defalco in Vegas. And we also have the uh, aforementioned uh, Dawn of the Dead inspired shirt. And then we also have the Wrestling is for Everyone uh, Pride shirt. Uh, those are all available at tinyurl.com/backslash/awrtee um, support the show. Um, I pay for this out of my own pocket each month. You know this block talk thing is not free. I, I do pay for it, so I could definitely use the help. I'm not begging, but I could just def- def- definitely use the help. And um, go out this weekend, support your indies um, in your area, wherever you are. Support your indies. Don't give Vince your money. He's he's got enough money. He doesn't need yours. Go out, support your indies. Boys, girls, blot, buy the stuff at the merch table, pictures, uh, shirts, whatever. Um, you know, that money goes right to the people that you're handing the money to. It's not going through any machine. But, yeah, go out and support your indies. And uh, It's been one year, Virgil. Miss you, my brother. Thinking about you tonight. I'm, I happen to be wearing your shirt while I'm doing the show. I usually wear just a silver thong with... Uh, tonight I'm wearing the silver thong and the Virgil Flynn the Third T-shirt. So thinking of you, my brother, and uh, also miss you, I'd Like to thank uh, everybody that listened tonight, that called in, that you know or, that are out there listening uh, live on the stream or on the download. I, I appreciate each and every one of you guys, and I, I I don't do this for money. I do this for the love of the business. Um, stories need to be shared and it just is what it is you know And, and I love each and every one of you guys you see me at a show say what's up you know fucking critique me by all means please please critique me and uh one last thing before I head out Fred stop getting banned from Facebook you dumb fuck